All right. Are you ready for the super word of God this morning? Yes. Um, I'm going to read from 1 Corinthians chapter 9. And uh, one of the things that has made a deep impression on me is when the Israelite came back from exile and they found the law, uh, the word of God, the law. And Ezra read that word because they didn't know that there was a word, there was a law that was given to them. And the people stood from morning till evening. And when the, when the word of God was read, uh, they beat themselves, they cried and said, why didn't we know this before? And the prophet said, do not be in sorrow, but go home today and celebrate. Eat meat, Joyce's food and celebrate because they heard the word of God. And, and uh, it's beautiful when people of God stand in the presence of God for His Word. So those who are able to stand, I would like you to stand as I read the Word of God. In 1 Corinthians 9, and I read from 24, and it says here, Do you not know that in a race all the runners run, but only one gets the prize? Run in such a way as to get the prize. Everyone who competes in the game goes into strict training. They do it to get a crown that will not last. But we do it to get a crown that will last forever. Therefore, I do not run like a man running aimlessly. I do not fight like a man beating the air. No, I beat my body and make it my slave so that after I've preached to others, I myself will not be disqualified for the price. This is the word of the Lord. Please, please be seated. <clears throat> and as we're talking about resurgence, and, uh, there, uh, and we run the course of our life, I want to bring home today, uh, using me as an example, and how I run my daily life. So for me, I run my daily life as a husband, as a father, and as a servant of God, as a minister. That's how I run my daily life. Everything that I do is on those things. As a husband, as a father, and as a pastor, as a servant of God. Now when I preach the word of God, if I use too much example of me as a father, as a husband, as a pastor... Uh, it is because that's who I am. My sermon has to be authentic and real. And it may not apply to you saying, Pastor, why are you talking about your family all the time? I would like you to change that to, if you're a single, be a single, be a student, be a professional, have your own philosophy of life, and match your daily life according to that. That I will leave it to you. But I'm, I'm preaching every Sunday. Every Sunday I would preach as a, as a father, as a husband, and as a father. That will be my sermon. And you make your own sermon from the Word of God, how it applies to you. Right? So I will do that for us this week. And in order to get into that, uh, we, will, we will play a short clip. And I would ask... Uh, Ali, who is helping me with the short clip to run the clip. Jamaica in four. The 
defending champions, the Olympic champions. Can the Americans do anything? This is the arena, the arena where history is made. Great spot there from Nestor Carter. What will Asafa Power do on the second leg? Gatlin's got a lead. Asafa Power needs to close this down. The Americans are ahead towards the halfway stage. Clean changeovers for both. This is going to be tight. The Americans are up front. Usain Bolt needs to produce the magic. USA, Usain Bolt. Oh, and there's a pattern nightmare there for the Americans. Come at the hour, come at the man. Bolt for Jamaica, USA the silver. And amazingly, amazingly, the Chinese have taken the bronze medal. It all went wrong for the Americans on the last changeover. It was fantastic down the back straight. Justin Gatlin pulled away from the Sapper Power, but on the anchor leg, Mike Rogers had a nightmare. American quartet may well have been disqualified. That puts China up to second. Canada get the bronze. The battle between the check marks and the guys below us now, the USA team. The news is coming through to them. I'm looking at Mike Rogers' feet. I'm looking at his feet. Keep an eye on that solid line there. He's out. It looks like he's over the end of the box in terms of that changeover zone. 100 meter running, but that's a nightmare. Catherine, bottom left. Bottom left, check the yellow line that goes across the lane. The baton has to be in Mike Rogers' hand before he exits that zone. They might protest this, you know, because technically the baton's passed over from Tyson Gay to Mike Rogers, but does Gay drop back? Looks about a metre out of the box at least for me. But look at Tyson Gay on the left shouting, hand, hand, put your arm up. Oh, gosh. It's no good Tyson Gay shouting, go, go, go. They lost four or five metres. Usain Bolt, gosh, he probably didn't even need it, but he was gifted that, wasn't he, Peter? Well, absolutely. Another brilliant title for the Jamaicans. China the silver, Canada the bronze, and the United States disqualified. Every four years, there is an Olympics, and we're going to have Olympics soon. And you train four years. You do everything. And for the glory of your nation, you do everything. And you make one mistake, and you're disqualified. See, they handed the baton outside the line. They were disqualified because of that. Because every rule is set to run. You know, and, the, and this morning I want to talk about how can we run without weary? What does it look like to be an unwary runner in the race of life? And there are two things that I want to bring out from the scriptures that I read. The two things are that the conditions set for the runners. The conditions are set for the You don't set the conditions. If you go to the Olympics website... The rules are set already how you're going to run the race. Right? And then, even though the, the rules are set, the conditions are set for you, it will also depend on your condition. 
your physical condition to run the race. And I want to apply that today. Because last year, before, before around September, October, this week, this past week, Monday to uh, Sunday, Monday to Saturday, I have been preparing for this week from last year. That I'm going to have a great race this week. Right? And I started off hoping and waiting. But then things happen. Life happens in our life. Because when we were going to India, we found out that the schedule of my wife came out from the Berkeley ABSW that it was going to be in the same week that she was going to be gone the whole week. From Tuesday to Saturday, she was going to be gone because I was hoping that I can depend on her for that week and we can run this program. We can run this race. Because we're going to host uh, uh, leaders. The Asian Alliance, American Baptist Churches of USA was coming here at our church. And we're going to host them. I will lead the retreat. I will be a part of that. And my wife will help with hospitality. Whether it's food, breakfast, lunch, dinner. So I wasn't worried. Well, on the way to India, uh, I'm kind of worried now, right? And uh, this comes to me like I was remembering about, okay... um, uh, my wife and we are married, and one of the vows that we said to ourselves was, for better or for worse, right? And this week was for worse, I'll tell you that. Uh, uh, he, she left me alone, you know? And uh, okay, I take it, because this is for worst. So as we start the race, as I started the race, uh, after preaching on Sunday, I came home, and I was sick. I started having running nose, my temperature went up. And I went to bed, taking medicine, doing all that I can to keep healthy. When I came to pick up my boys from youth retreat, uh, I didn't get down from the car because I lost my voice. And I was talking to our youth pastor and some of them, don't come near me, Uh, I have lost my voice and I can't talk to you. And I'm thinking, how am I going to do this? My wife is going to be gone, I am sick. I have three kids that are in three different schools, three different timing. I have to drop them, pick them up. How am I going to do this? But I like challenges. Your pastor likes challenges. Right? I can do these things. I like challenges, really. It doesn't really bother me a lot if I can do it. I'm thinking, okay, I can do this. I can do this. Well... My wife and we tried to shop on Monday, but I was not well, so I slept the whole day trying to get well. Uh, Tuesday, I came to uh, the the church because Tuesday is our staff meeting. And we had staff meeting, and around 11.45, I got a text from the airport that I have landed. Right? One of the leaders has landed in the airport. And I'm thinking he's going to come on Wednesday, not on Tuesday. See? So I'm thinking, okay, he has landed. So in staff meeting, our staff meeting is not over. I text quickly, our staff meeting will be done around 12. Can you wait at the airport? Okay, so our staff meeting was done. I went to the airport, picked him up. And he said, I'm hungry. I have not eaten. So as I drive around, I'm feeding him, getting to lunch. And by lunchtime, it was time to pick up my daughter from school. And I'm thinking, okay, how am I going to do this? So I have to take him to the school. 
So I took him to the school, pick up my daughter, and said, I want to get a car. So I drove him to uh, Enterprise to rent a car. And by the time it's to check into the hotel, right? To check into the hotel. So I went to the hotel to check in, and uh, there was no reservation at the hotel, right? So I'm scratching my head and say, is there any room? Oh, there was room, but exorbitant price. Not the rate that I got, but he has to stay. And by that time, uh, I need to pick up my other son at school. The school's been over at 2.30, around 4.30 already. Uh, Anyway, I picked up. So, and then other people, other leaders had come in. On Tuesday, everybody had come in. And that wasn't what I was expecting. So on Wednesday, I mean, by this time, my wife has gone to Berkeley. On Wednesday, I got up. Uh, drop my kids to school, take care of their breakfast, whatever. And then I have to pick them up for lunch. And I also have to make meal for them, for these leaders. I'm scratching my head. And as I was running, as I was running the race, uh, uh, I met Sharon. As I was, see, when you run, people are on the sideline giving you water. And as I ran, I met our worship pastor on the race course and she said pastor I, I'm bringing salad for you I was like hallelujah thank you and I bought snacks and, and other things so I was I was I was I, I was blessed and as I went along then I met Harvey who made midloaf and mashed potatoes right uh, and then the, I made rice I made butter chicken and and the people came and they were so blown away by our hospitality with everything that has been laid out there. Um, but as you know, uh, when strong-headed with big opinions, pastors are strong-headed and they have strong opinions, okay? I'm just letting you know. And when you gather, when you gather a lot of them, uh, meetings are, can be very hard, Okay? Because everybody has their opinion. And so we are having these strong opinion meetings that's supposed to last for two hours and which lasted probably uh, more than two hours, uh, two more hours added. And I, I was supposed to get home at 8. I'm not home at 9.30 and my kids are at home by themselves. But I have to run temperately. Right? The Word of God says, you have to be temperate in all the race. How do not lose your cool when you're talking serious issues about church and organizations and you have strong opinions? At the end, we, we prayed. We prayed without making decisions one whole night. And we asked the Lord, what we need to do. So it is important to start right. In a race, it is important to start right. Because when you're in a race and ready to run, if you run before the guy pulled the trigger and the shot comes out, uh, you're disqualified. You have to restart again. Right? And uh, if you make mistake again, you will be disqualified. 
You need to start right. And in our life, for me as a father, as a husband, and as a pastor, I need to start right when things are not going as planned. So where do I go? Then I need to go back to prayer and to reading the Word of God. That's where I need to go back. I have to start right. Because my goal for this week was to help our denomination, help our churches, so that we can go on with the goal and mission that we want to do, rather than be bogged down by structural changes, organizational changes, and the maintenance of the ministry rather than doing ministry. So that was the goal. So the runner must run with a goal. See, everybody runs the race. But only one receives the prize. So we have to run with a goal. We have to run with a goal that I want to win the prize. What that prize you determine in your life. So I want to ask you, do you have a goal in your life? Do you have a goal for this week? Let's just make it micro. Do you have a goal for this week? After this worship, until we come here on Sunday, do you have a goal what you want to achieve for this week? Now, if you don't have a goal, you're going to run aimlessly. And you will not achieve anything. Because the runner must run with a goal in order to receive the prize. Not only that, the runner must run smart. Right? Run in such a way that you may obtain it. Because if you're not running with a goal, if you don't have a plan, and if you don't have a running partner, maybe, uh, you might not run well. So Thursday came, and uh, we had a long day. On Thursday, we had a long day, and I got an email that uh, it's going to be a half day for your kids. So, um, at 1.30, I have to go to school, right? I have to go to school to pick up. So, I went to school when they were having lunch, and we are doing this big structural change and bylaws of the organization. I stepped out and said, I've got to pick up my, my daughter. And I went to the school, and they said, Oh, no, it's your other son, not your daughter, that has a half day. Uh, and then as I was running, then I met Gail along, uh, Gail along the way. And Gail was uh, parked uh, near my house, outside my house, and said, Hey, Gail, uh, half day is not for Sarah, half day is for my son. And uh, she said, uh, I'll go to the school and uh, pick your daughter. So she went to the school, and I came back here. I ran back here, and I was part of the meeting. And uh, on that night, uh, and later on, uh, Greg came in with his three, three kids, Grace and Sam and Nathan, and they brought in salad as I was running. And then later on, Alex and Nicole came in. And they brought this sushi and Korean rice noodles and fish. And there was just a beautiful arrangement of dinner. 
And as, as I was running, almost weary, the hospitality and the love of our church members centered me back on the importance of fellowship and relationship, that we can do this together, not on our own. After a hard day, I was reminded about the community that we need to have. We got to run smart. We got to run with a goal. You can't do it alone. You got to run with people along your side. You got to hang on to someone that can say, keep going, we're with you. Setting the pace for you. The other thing is that when we run, it's not just starting right. It's to stay in the lane. You got to stay in the lane to win the prize. Our team, I wanted Gatlin to beat, uh, uh, what's his name? Usain Bolt so much that it broke my heart when they got the bronze. And then when they're disqualified, I was like, oh, you know. I wanted Gatlin to beat Usain Bolt so this could be the year he can beat and running the race. Well, they were disqualified because even though they broke the rule when they were in the lane. You got to stay in the lane. You got to run on the assigned lane. See, everyone who competes for the prize is temperate in all things. We tell our kids that do not lose your cool when something happens at school because if you lose your cool and you're the first one to raise your hand even though you're right, you're going to be wrong. Right? The one who loses the cool happens to be wrong. How do we keep this temperate thing in our life, in our daily life that we are not upset with, my, with your wife, with your children, uh, with your husband, with the colleagues that you work, as a follower of Jesus Christ, when you're running the race and things are happening and it's happening uh, that you didn't plan for, uh, how do you keep your cool? That you are not losing your cool. Because at the hotel, when there was no reservation... One of the pastor friend is about to lose the cool. Right? And I am like, I'm giving a sight glance because I don't want to be a part of it and say, I'm going to handle this. Take it easy. Right? So I took the brunt of it because I, you know, I talked to them and they telling me everything and say, I'll take care of it because I don't want to lose the cool. To the hotel manager, people who are booking it. What is temperate? Temperate means you're balanced. You're balanced, centered. And what do you center on? What do you center on? In Hebrews 12, verse 1 and 2, it says, Since we have a lot a cloud of witnesses... Uh, let us run the race well. And let us not be ensnared by sin, okay, but set aside those weight so we can run it well. Okay. 
looking at the author and finisher of our faith, which is the Lord Jesus Christ. So, if we are not temperate, if we lose our cool, and we lose our focus, then we are not bothered about this cloud of witnesses that is looking at you. You have ensnared yourself in sin, and you're carrying a lot of weight. That is anger, disappointment, pointing fingers at others, and it is making you... uh, the, the weight is heavy for you. And you're not focused and looking at the Lord Jesus Christ, the author and finisher of our faith, and your race is going to be horrible race. So when you run your life every day, who is your focus? Who, who do you center upon? Amen. Because the runner must run with certainty. Therefore, I run not with uncertainty. And Paul talks about this running, that I'm running with a goal, and then he shifts the metaphor to a boxing, and he says, I don't beat the air. It's the boxer. It's the boxer that is doing shadow fighting. And Paul's bringing this out, because when, you, when you're shadow fighting, you're not actually hitting your adversary, you know? Uh, at least when you're uh, punching the back, body punching the back, at least you're hitting something. But shadow fighting is very different. You may go around and hit someone, but you're not actually hitting. You're not, you, the, the adversary is not hitting you back. And you say, I don't beat around aimlessly. See, my cousin is a boxer. Uh, and he boxed for the army, and because of that, he's, he's promoted in his rank, because when he wins the boxing. And I, see, I also used to do body boxing, you know, Jump and okay, so we were training and he we were sparring and he came and uh, say start boxing me and he boxed. Well, uh, he started punching on my face. See, and say keep your hands up, right? But you forget, so you're punching like the pop. And after three four times, you're like whoa, you know. And say if you don't keep your hands up here, uh, when the jab comes, you I'm going to hit your face all the time. So when you box. Always keep your hands up there so you can box. You can jab. But come back to that same position so the other person will not hit you on the face. So you know how you're going to protect yourself from the enemies as you're fighting them, as you're jabbing them, you see. We have to have certainty, goal. We can't do aimlessly. And who protects you? And who fights for you in the battle? As for me, God fights the battle for me. The battle belongs to the Lord. So I have to stick with Him. I have to stick with the Lord Jesus Christ. Because on Friday, as we're continuing the meeting, as I'm running the race, we started off well, Thursday ended well, and we're making this huge progress. And we had started this work in 2004. And have not been able to complete the work since 2004. And around noon, we were able to complete the work that began in 2004. And I'm pretty elated and, oh, this is great. So we were going for a team building. And uh, we went to bid the lock, which our staff has done for team building. And they will take our phone away as we go in there. We have to escape for a room because when, you know, uh, 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 this is guy, 
in the neighborhood who looked suspicious. Uh, we broke into his house to see what's inside the room, but when we go in, the door shuts itself. And within an hour, we had to escape that room, right? So they took our phone our way, and uh, we're trying to find these clues and things. And about 40 minutes, uh, I can hear the phone vibrating so many times. So I had to pick up the phone and say, hey, I need to take the call and say, uh, your son broke his leg on the phone. So I'm thinking, okay, what am I going to do here? I mean, we're doing team building. And you need to really be working so you can beat the time and the clock. As they're looking, searching for clues, I said, uh, my, I think my son broke the, broke the leg. And they're all looking, so are you going to go? You know? <laughs> I mean, we have a task to do. Are you going to go? And I didn't say anything. And, I, and at that time, as I was running, then I met Trudy on the way. And Trudy is our office administrator. And she said, I'm going to go to the school and take him to ER. I said, oh, thank you. And I stayed till the team building. And I rushed back here. Well, I had to give them dinner. I'm the host before they leave go to different airport. We gathered here and said, okay, what are we going to do? I want to take you out for dinner. And uh, all of, no, no, don't take us for, I'm going to go. I have another thing to do. I'll go home. I'll drive to Oakland. I'm ready to go back to Wisconsin, uh, Milwaukee. I will go to Syracuse. I'm going to go back to uh, Chicago. Uh, we'll find our way and do things. And somebody needed to be here till 5 p.m. because they were going to pick him up. So, okay, then I say thank you, and I left, and I went to ER, and I met Trudy, and Trudy came back. And as I was coming, one of the guys was still here in the conference room, and I came in with my son, my daughter. And as I was running, then I met Steve McGlennigan, who said, Pastor, I'll clean the room, I'll shut the door, you can go home. Those things encourage you in your life. And I think it's because they love the Lord. That they're willing to put themselves in somebody's shoe and walk an extra mile with them. And my wife texted me in the evening as I was driving and said, Do you need me? You don't want to read the text. <laughs> because the runner must be disciplined to finish the race. I discipline my body and bring it to subjection. In those days, they disciplined themselves not to drink so much, not to eat so much. In fact, they were not having physical intimacy as they were training for the race. They were disciplining it that way. And then bring the body into subjection means you make your body your slave. You don't let the day run you, you run the day. You don't let the week run you, you run the week. You don't make your body your, your master. You make the body, the craving, the flesh your slave. In order to do that, you have to discipline. And what 
are ways that you're disciplining yourself. For me, it's prayer, it's reading the Word of God, and getting fed from my staff. This week, I wouldn't have been able to do it if it was not for my staff and church members. I cannot do it. I couldn't have done it without my staff, without the members of the church. And thank you for running the race with me this week. Thank you for running the race with me this week. And I am glad I didn't lose my mind during this week. And uh, and my my sons can uh, testify to that. Because I didn't raise my voice at them. I just took did everything coolly for, and uh, we, we manage as a father, right? So the runner must be not, must not be disqualified because in doing this big thing for an organization, for the denomination and for the church, if I am disqualified as a husband and as a father, as a husband to my wife and as a father to my kids, then whatever I say here, it's a sham. I have disqualified myself as a preacher. And every time I come to you on Sunday morning, I want to be real and true and tell you what I've been through, what the Lord is telling me. This race that we run every day is hard. This race that we run every week is hard. Just as I mentioned, June came on Sunday when his mother passed away on Friday. It's because he knows that he is also in the race of life. And he is keeping his eyes on the Lord Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith. And hoping that he will strengthen him despite the loss and the sorrow. The right pace to run is to run at pace with Jesus. If we can't run with Christ, we will falter. Because in a race, there are different kinds of race. Right? You have 100 meters race, which is a dash. You can't run 100 meter race, 400 relays, 10,000 or long distance in a similar way. You run differently all the races. If you're going to run 100, 100 meters... If you're going to run long distance like 100 meter, uh, you, you, will, you will be gone. You will pass out. You can't do it. Right? In Christian life, I always remember the story of the hare and the tortoise. Remember that story? The hare ran around and did all kinds of things. Tortoise was slow and steady. But in the end, the tortoise won the race because the hare was distracted, he was taking a nap somewhere, enjoying the beauty, whatever. His eyes was not on the goal. In Christian life, every run that we take is a steady race. And if we steadily run at the pace that Christ has set for us, we can make it through the finish line. Because on Saturday, my wife came and I lost my voice on Saturday again, and I'm having this temperature again. You know, I feel like my body's weak, and I'm telling my sons, "It's so loud today. My ear's hurting." 
It's because my wife came back and they're probably happy, you know. And I went into sleep. And then I, I felt something come. And it was my wife. I didn't know, but I was half asleep. And my wife was rubbing my feet and putting in wigs in my feet, putting in socks on my feet. He's turning me over and rubbing my back, putting wigs, and turning over on my chest and my throat. We married for better or for worse. That was better. I love my wife. I missed her. I said, just come home, honey. She said, do you need me? And I said, honey, I just want you to be home. That's all I said. The unwearied runner is an unworried runner. They that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength, and they shall run and not be weary. But the key word is wait. Is not on running. If we wait to start the race and hear God saying, go. And when we go, when we hear that voice, we will run and not be weary. We get weary. We get anxious. We get worried because we go without hearing what He's speaking to us. Unwearied runner is an unworried runner. So this week, I want us to run without weary so we can wait on the Lord. As the ushers are coming up, uh, as the worship teams are coming up, one of, the, you know, one of the things our denomination is doing is America for Christ offering. As you go out the door on the right side, there are several little boxes like this, which you can encourage your children or even for yourself to put in coins or things for America for Christ's offering. What are we doing? These three things. We are cultivating leaders. We are discipling and also healing the communities. Your pennies, your monies are going to spend on cultivating leaders, on discipleship and healing the communities, which we need it at this time. Thank you for your generosity in participating in America for Christ. I also want to thank you for the generosity for the, bringing the offering and tithes every week for the work of the Lord in this church. I want to finish with the word. The right pace is to run at the pace with, set with, by Jesus. Run with him. Run with him this week. Father in heaven thank you for running with me this week and I believe uh, many of us have been running a race uh, and looking to you to finish the line to be at the finish line we thank you that you helped us to finish the line the week. And this week we pray that everyone that is here, you will give them strength as they wait on you and bring them to another finish line. 
And when we come here this week, next week, we can come and praise and worship you for who you are and what you have done for me. Thank you, Lord, for many people that have helped me during this week. I mentioned many names like Rosa's family, Helena's family, our staff that I met along the way on the road that helped me finish the line. Bring the body of Christ together to run at the pace that Christ has set for us. We pray this in Jesus' name. And the people of God say, Amen.